everybody. Welcome to the Thrive Life Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Alexander, and I have a great show coming up for you. It'll be coming up in just a couple minutes. Today, we are talking about training when you are over 40. Alrighty, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. This is, like I said, this is the Thrive Life Podcast, and I'm Rory Alexander, and I am now officially, as of about two weeks ago, 41 years old, and I, I was just at the gym today, hitting it up pretty hard, and uh, kind of the uh, last couple of days I've been thinking about how I really wanted to record a podcast on training in your 40s, because it's a uh, very different outlook you have uh, when you are, uh, you know, late 30s, you know, even, yeah, even late 30s um, and early 40s, obviously, compared to when you're, you know, in your uh, mid to early 20s. So um, I thought it was really important because, you know, there's a lot of different stuff, uh, a lot of different things you think about uh, and different focuses you have. So what we're going to talk a little bit about today is I'm going to cover a whole bunch of stuff uh, pretty quickly. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about nutrition and supplements. So we're going to talk a little bit about exercise and we're going to talk a little bit about the mindset because and that's actually where I want to start because, you know, one of the things that, you know, I have to understand, you know, because I do training with clients and, you know, I am a fitness fan. I've loved it for as long as I can remember. I started really seriously training, I think, when I was about 18 or 19. You know, we did a little bit. We played around in the gym a little bit before that back in high school, but nothing too serious. I was never a sport person. Um, my dad's not a sport person. I don't think we ever watched a sport. And personally, I hate, I just can't stand watching sports. I'd rather watch a soap opera. Um, you know, football, baseball, hockey, anything like that. I'm from Canada, so everybody's shocked when, uh, you know, when I, when I don't watch hockey. I tell people this, I go, probably I'll show you how much I hate hockey and it's just sports, period. That I lived in Vancouver during the, was it the 20, 2012, whatever, whichever, I think it was the 2012, the 2012 Vancouver Olympics, right before I left for Asia. And it was the final game. Um, of the gold medal, United States, Team Canada versus Team USA for the gold in the Olympics in Vancouver. Okay, so here I am, and I think to myself, wow, this is probably the best time to go downtown to do some shopping because the streets are going to be empty. And I was right. I was right. The streets were completely empty. The stores were empty. You could hear the hockey games coming out of all the different, you know, people's condos. They had their windows open. Because Vancouver is quite cool. Even in the summer, you don't really need an air con at all. Um, so, you know, you, you, the bars were packed. But, you know, I could go shopping in every store and every store was empty. So I was pretty much one of the few people um, that, besides, you know, the ones that were working in the stores. And even half of them were listening to the radio. So I, I did not come from a sports background. And in high school, I really didn't like gym. They had a class called Outdoor Ed. Um, and that was, it was kind of interesting. You had to pay a little bit extra for it. But they took you around and you got different experiences. So I remember we would go to the, um, they had a gym. And I think it was about a month. You would, they took you to the gym once a week. So we did that. You know, there was a little weight room in our in our high school that uh, the friends and I, you know, but we wouldn't do anything. I mean, we'd just go in there and, you know, you would do some bench press and you would do some dips. Uh, and we really had no clue. So I really didn't seriously get into it until I was about 19. Um, and my friend, he was studying to be a personal trainer. And I was just interested. So he showed me everything that he knew. Uh, and then from there, uh, he, you know, over the years, he got really big into it. But then he moved out of it. Um, he still trains to this day. But I think it's just, you know, just like a regular person. 
Ryan, on the other hand, you know, took it out as a full-fledged career, which led me moving to Asia, starting, you know, Thrive Academy, starting Thrive Life International, you know, this, the Thrive Life Challenge that I'm working on, the podcast, you know, just, just about everything. So, um, but my point is, you know, the, 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 even though I love fitness, um, I, I get bored with it, you know. I think everybody gets bored with it. And if you can, get, if you can love it as much as I do, where I built a five-story gym house. I don't know if you know. You've probably heard my show before, but the house I live in is five stories, and it's a gym. Right now, I'm sitting on the loft on the second floor that looks down over my gym. I mean, I have the full astroturf, bench presses, pull-up bars, medicine slam balls. I basically have a CrossFit or what I call a Metcon. I have my Metcon box downstairs. My third floor is a full-out yoga and mobility room. Uh, the fourth floor is where I live, and then the fifth floor is the Muay Thai roof. But, you know, if somebody like me can even get bored with fitness, then I can only imagine what it's like for normal people, normal people who don't care to live in the gym and be at the gym very often, you know. And then how do they stay motivated, you know, in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s, you know, especially when they're not excited about it? How do you keep them motivated? How do you keep a 43, 44-year-old motivated that doesn't love the gym like I do when I get bored of it? So... I guess one of the first things you got to do is you, you have to ask yourself, and kind of what I did is, you know, what is it that I do enjoy? Because as you get older, you know, things take different priorities, family, uh, financials, career, um, they, they definitely take a strong priority. And, you know, you have to really decide what it is that you like to do when you're training. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the younger trainers get it wrong. See, a lot of, a lot of trainers, including myself, you know, a long time ago, we don't understand that other people don't like fitness. Um, I, you know, I started training professional athletes too. And, you know, I always assume professional athletes would love fitness, but they don't love fitness. They love their sport, but they don't love the training. I mean, you train the Muay Thai fighters, they're slow coming to the gym. They hate being there. And the second they can go, they go. Um, so it, it's just fascinating because most people think, oh, well, you know, if, you, if you're a Muay Thai fighter or a soccer player or a football player, you have to love the gym. It's exactly it's the opposite. No, they don't. Um, and then, you know, so by definition, you know, normal people are not going to enjoy the gym at all, really. So one of the first things that, you know, I had to do, especially in the last couple years now, is really change my mind on why I'm training. And, you know, that's kind of been, it's not, it's not a thing that you think about. I don't sit there and go, hmm, why am I training today? But really for me now, exercise has just become meditation. It's a way for me to de-stress. It's a way for me to clear my mind. Nowadays when I go to the gym, I actually bring usually a little notebook with me and a pen. And sometimes in the middle of the sets, uh, just, you know, because your your mind is open and you're not thinking about it. It's like when you sleep, sometimes you come up with the answers of things that you can't figure out when you're awake. So when I'm training, it's the same thing. So sometimes I'll, you know, as soon as a set's done, I'll jump down and I'll grab my pen and my book and I'll, and I'll write some notes down of something that's been on my mind or something I'm thinking about or something I haven't found a solution to. So definitely having, um, you know, a mindset for me it's okay productivity it's using the gym to have more energy to be more productive in my day um using the gym 
to release my stress, to um, you know, have something to take. I have a little bit of anxiety. I've always had that. My dad and I, we have ADHD, like literally, like we're pretty crazy. So having kind of the gym to focus that, but also, you know, with the baby, definitely focusing on uh, the heart. You know, it's weird. Until, like, honestly, until a year ago, two years ago, I never thought about heart health. I mean, yes, I've talked about it and you've written about it, but you never really think about heart health until you start hearing stories about, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and she said that two of her ex-boyfriends who are both only about 40, both of them have had heart attacks already. And I was like, Jesus, like 40 years old, they've already had a heart attack. And then, you know, my job, it's not super, super stressful, but I am one person handling an entire academy and I do have to do something about that soon but you know I have the podcast I have this academy that serves five countries and where I serve every position right now which is not the way it should be but it's just the way it is I do everything from designing the courses to figuring out what goes in the manuals to designing the certificates that the students get given to recording the videos when I'm, and editing them after of a class to so I do all the marketing I do all the course conducting I run around doing all the, the you know the hiring of my assistant instructors uh, and I do all the traveling this I just got back um, from the Philippines what two weeks ago uh, and then uh, the day after tomorrow, I have to fly to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, because I have a sold-out course there uh, and two public workshops. And then from there, I come back here, and the very next day, I have to go to Pattaya, Thailand, um, to go on a radio show over there. Then I come back for three days, and then I have to fly again to the Philippines, um, where I have some more courses. So that's the very that no, sorry, that's 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 yeah, that's March. 18th ish then I come back here uh, which is Bangkok for 12 days 11 days and I have to fly back to um, uh, Myanmar I have to go to Myanmar again teach some courses and I come back here again for only a week and then I have to fly back to the Philippines so every single weekend actually but one weekend for the next four weeks I am traveling somewhere to conduct courses so you know, all the marketing, handle all the financials, do all the payments to the American companies that I uh, represent over here. Uh, I handle everything. So, you know, my phone is dinging away a lot. And one of the things, you know, I've really had to do, and I've talked about it before, is I've really focused on productivity and focused on, you know, really implementing some of those time blocking um, things, you know, like um, only checking your emails at certain times, checking your social media at certain times, uh, not checking your phone first thing in the morning, things like that. And my challenge, actually, I've launched what I call the Thrive Life Mini Challenge. I don't know if you uh, listen, but if not, you can jump in on it. And that challenge, last week's challenge was actually, it's a one-week challenge, and last week's challenge was to disconnect, which means you had to leave your cell phone, your mobile phone, your smartphone at home for at least one hour during the daytime when you would normally have it. So that means going to the grocery store, you leave it at home, going to the gym, you leave it at home. Wherever it is, you had to be at least a thousand feet away from it. And I'm just continuing with that. Every day I leave my phone for at least an hour and I'm becoming much more cognizant of watching my uh, social media time and just not letting other people control you. But uh, getting off track into the productivity realm again. So we'll just jump right back into it. So, but heart, 
I've been thinking a lot more just about overall health and well-being and really just using fitness as a way to just improve my health. I'm not really focused on, you know, at 41, you don't really care so much about vascularity. Yeah, you want to look good, um, but, you know, it's not the top of your priority list. So I guess you have to decide, you know, what it is your priorities are. Um, and then what, what it is that you want to use fitness for. How can fitness and eating well, you know, how does it benefit your life and what you want to do? Which brings you into the training, you know, because people ask you about the training. So the training is, to me, it's, you know, what you enjoy is number one. You have to find things you enjoy. But you just, I don't think you can do things that you just literally enjoy. Because if you enjoy only, say, pumping weights then you know you are missing out certain aspects and if you only enjoy say running or doing yoga then you know you're missing out certain aspects so i think you have to find what you enjoy and focus on that but also you know um the things that you're missing during the day and that comes down to a couple things like what is it you're missing in your exercise is it the cardio component the flexibility component or the strength component there's really only those three and the second part is you know what is it that you have to train to counteract the negative effects? So what does that mean is if you're at a sitting desk all day, if you're a sitting down person, um, then you're going to tend to be hunched over. You're going to tend to have like, you know, um, weaker, you know, weaker hamstrings, quad, uh, sorry, weaker hamstrings, glutes, posterior chain. Uh, you know, you tend to be hunched over a lot over your desk. So, you know, that sitting all day is a very negative thing. So the training you do should counter that. Um, if you're not a person who's really ever has a need to say run a 10k or 20k then you don't have to spend a ton of time working on endurance training if that's not something that fits into your life um, if your job and your life just doesn't require you lifting really heavy things often then you don't have to worry about lifting really heavy weights all the time so what you have to do is you have to say, okay, well, what does my life need? What are the things that I do that negatively affect my fitness and my health? And those are the things that I'm going to counter in the gym. Then, you know, there should probably be some standards. And, you know, people are always trying to, people always want to know, well, okay, how long should it take me to run a 5K or how heavy should I lift? And there's no answer. Everybody's different because really... Is there a reason to have to lift 600 pounds in a deadlift? No, there really is not a reason that you would have to do that. But people like, and it's easier for me, honestly, on this podcast, if we can give you some general prescriptions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some really general prescriptions uh, that you just keep in mind. These are not, you know, these are not rules. These are just things that you know, I think are good. So we'll start off with uh, a squat. I think you should be able to back squat at least your body weight once. So whatever it is you weigh, I think you want to be able to back squat it. But before we even get into that, actually, let's talk about body composition. Um, I think that's a little bit easier because there actually are health ranges. You have your BMI index, which is a range of, you know, how tall you are to how heavy you are. Uh, and that's, you know, that has kind of a yellow, green, and red range. Yellow being underweight, green being good weight red being overweight so you want to find that whatever that is you know based on your height and your gender and your weight and then you're going to try to keep yourself in the green now we don't have to get into the negatives on the bmi because it's it's, a, it's just 
you know, it does work for a lot of people. So, you know, first of all, looking at a BMI is going to give you at least an idea. Then you're going to want to look at body fat percentage. For a guy, I would say even in your 40s, we should be keeping our body fat percentages somewhere in the low, I would let's say the low double digits. Let's say 11 to 14 percent. And then, uh, you know, if you want to be technically an in shape guy, uh, I would that nine, nine percent is always a nice number. Single digits are always nice. But, you know, if it's not your goal to have single digits and have that physique look, then, you know, I just just in those low teens is going to be fine. Um, I myself saying that while I'm not into the look, actually have decided for the next eight weeks to actually work on the look. But it's just more just for fun. It's just a challenge. And again, this gets back to the mindset. I think you need to have challenges for yourself and you need to have goals. Um, So I go back and forth between training and exercising. So I don't know if you know what that means, but exercising is just doing exercises randomly kind of for fun and just for interest sake. Um, There's no real thought behind it. Training is when you have a very particular goal and you're aiming towards that. So the gym I go to sometimes, they have a thing on the wall, a sign that says, you know, train, don't work out. And, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, yeah, so right now I'm training. But to be honest, there's a lot of times where I'm just working out too and and I enjoy it. You know, if if I got a lot on my mind and, you know, really training for a particular goal isn't really my point, then I'm going to just have some fun. You know, I still keep the staples in there, the squats, the deadlifts, the bench press, but I'm going to fool around with landmine twists and just different core stuff and play around with yoga and, you know, to play around with different kinds of runs and different kind of walks i'm just going to exercise just to stay healthy just just movement so i guess it comes down to i go through you know movement and training so but getting back to the exercises again so um you know you have your squat i think squatting a body weight is pretty nice you know and i'm talking to the men right now mostly women let's say you can take everything i talk about and maybe multiply it by 0.75 okay so then you got the deadlift. I think a one and a half times body weight deadlift is pretty nice. I think that's a nice round number. Um, bench press, mm, 1.25, one and a half times body weight, body weight, anywhere in that general area. You know, I think if you can body weight up for a couple, you're doing okay. Uh, you should be able to do a couple pull-ups, I think. I would say, you know, a couple pull-ups is a definitely a good thing to aim at. So let's talk about training for a minute. What kind of training should you do? Well, when you're older, you do have to keep the intensity down a bit. You know, as you get older, you just don't recover as much. So, you know, there's a couple things you don't really want to be focusing on. You don't really want to do high volume. That means those high, high, high sets, you know, with tons of reps and tons of sets. Because you're just going to beat yourself up and you're not going to feel recovered. And it's just going to affect you down the road. So I think you should be working with heavier weights. I would say keep your reps um, anywhere between those four and the six mark you know maybe even some eights but focus on heavier weights uh less sets maybe sets of three sets of four um good quality exercise good quality you know in the movement um but yeah definitely you know taking those little bit longer breaks and just challenging yourself with heavier weights i think you're really focusing on that strength element is more important right now than kind of that aesthetical bodybuilding side. 
Um, I would say that's definitely a bigger one. And, you know, don't be afraid to do mostly compound exercises because that's going to distribute the weight over all the joints. That's your deadlifts, your bench presses. Now, as you get older, you also got to think about your spine and compression on your spine. So I would say things more like goblet squats, um, maybe some front squats, not focusing as much on those heavy back squats, heavy deadlifts, uh, getting in that calf machine where all that pressure is just pushing down in your spine. Trying to think of ways that you can, you know, let your spine relax a little bit. Um, and then, you know, even after your training, do a little bit of spine deload stuff, hanging from the bars and things like that. But, you know, focusing on um, heavy weights, but by decompressing the spine, I think you're going to find uh, it's going to find pretty useful. For cardio, definitely suggest cardio. Like I said, I'm talking about the heart again. And, you know, I don't think that high intensity, that HIIT, H-I-I-T, high intensity interval training is really the answer. Yeah, you can do that once a week maybe. Um, but I really think that slower sort of steady state cardio works very well. I mean, it does. It's very good for the heart at the end of the day as long as you're not overdoing it. So I'll try to focus on these 30-minute kind of jogs, maybe a little bit of a run and a jog. So, But focusing on that steady state, making sure you have you know good soft ground to run on or at least good shoes uh, is going to be an important one so you don't get in a lot of pain after you know all the calves. Um, but you definitely want to focus on, and you know, you want to do have a big focus on endurance training. I get caught up between endurance training and strength training because this is, the, this is a fact that when they've done tests of longevity, people who live the longest, the two biggest markers above cholesterol, above all those other hormonal markers, the two biggest markers that people that live the longest are they have a high aerobic capacity, meaning that they can, you know, they have a low resting heart rate and they can do cardio for quite a long time, but they also have very strong lower bodies. So people that can, you know, basically do double body weight squats and things like that so it's hard to decide which one's more important because they they're they're not saying one or the other it's proven they go those two things together show longevity the best so you can't really pick one over the other so i just say try to focus on both you know focus on your weight training maybe three times a week four times a week i don't think you need to do more than that uh at this at this age and, you know, try to do your cardio training four days a week as well. Um, I think that's going to be a really good mix. And then uh, a minute ago, I talked about your calves too. And this is the thing that you have to focus on too is flexibility and mobility. As you get older, you just generally get more stiff. I mean, you've all seen the older people walking around and they look like stiff boards. So we have to make sure that our level of movement, our natural levels of movement decline as little as possible. You know, can you reach down and touch your toes? You should be able to regardless really of age. So that's a big one. Can you touch your fingers behind your back? You know, where you put the one hand up and the other hand over your head and you try to touch your fingers. That's another one. So little things like that, but focusing on mobility, I say is actually a huge Priority, And I've actually prioritized that on the top now. So because it doesn't take that long and it doesn't take away from the other two. It's just an addition that I didn't do for many years. So 
you know, that's why I built an entire, my entire third floor, because I hate stretching and I hate mobility. It's just boring. So I had to build an entire room to motivate me to do it. And I call it my rock and roll studio. And, you know, it's got, um, it, it's all white. And I got all my, uh, I got some really nice from China, different places, all rock and roll posters made up. So I have like my Oasis posters and my Beatles posters all framed and plaqued. I have these collectible t-shirts. I just got one just today from Rage Against the Machine uh, that I have hanging up across the wall. I have this amazing Pink Floyd poster. I got this great one from the the Rolling Stones um, concert in Australia. So I built what I call my rock and roll mobility room and I have a Bluetooth speaker in there. And I even have a laser because I love to do it. I love to just go up there sometimes at night and I'll just put on some Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon and I will just do yoga to Pink Floyd and I'll put the laser on just for fun. The next thing I'm buying, the next upgrade, uh, as soon as I come back from Malaysia, is a projector. And I'm going to be hanging the projector on the ceiling and that's going to be able to project me... Uh, YouTube videos of yoga. There's all these like 10 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute yoga routines you can do with different trainers and different coaches. And they're all free because it's YouTube. So you can just put them on and I can follow along and I can make that part of my morning routine and I can make it part of my evening routine. But, you know, focusing on by increasing, by making the room more interesting and fun for me, I love to be in that room now. So I actually look forward to my stretching. I love to crank up my Pink Floyd or my, my whatever it is, the Stones, the Beatles, Blur, whatever it is. I'm listening to Oasis. And I just love to do some stretching. But, you know, like Dark Side of the Moon and stretching to me is just so much fun. So, but, you know, that's really helping me. And it's actually the stretching, the mobility really helps you in the end, helps your strength and helps your gain. So I'm allowed to get into, I can get into deeper squats. So I would say focusing on mobility is going to be a very big one. You know, really, really focus on that. Learn the ins and the outs of some basic stretches. You know, things like making sure you never stretch a cold muscle, warming up a little bit first. Um, Understanding that how far stretches need to go. You don't need to be one of these yogis that can put the palms of your hands, you know, right slide them over your feet. Understand just what is a good range of human movement um, that's going to prevent you from getting injured. Um, and then depending on your sport, you may need a little more, a little less. You know, weight training, you, you just need normal range of motion. Maybe martial arts. If you're into kicking and high kicking, then you're going to need a little bit more. And if you want to be a, a yoga freak, then you're going to need a lot. But, you know, again, those guys, they push it too far too quite often. So um, that's really the training in a nutshell, you know. And then you got to the nutrition. And the nutrition is... This is the thing. As you get older, you do absorb nutrients not as well. So you have to make sure that, you know, you, there's a couple things playing against you. One is your metabolism does get turned down as you get older. So you do have to eat a little bit less. You also cannot get away with as much junk food as you used to be able to. So my big eight-week challenge for myself right now is really cutting down on snacking and little junk foods that I would get here and there. I would walk quite often to the train, um, and there's this girl that sells these amazing coconut balls that she fries right there. She has this little pan and she fries them. And, you know, it's basically just shredded coconut with some rice flour. And I get maybe a little bit, I don't know what she puts in it, but they're so good. You eat them on a stick. It's just like biting into warm coconut. But 
I know those are not healthy, so I've cut those off. I've, I've and I've just I've completely just cut off everything pretty much negative. Um, not that I'm starving myself though. I've just replaced everything with much higher nutrient foods because as you get older, you need to eat less. You don't absorb nutrients as well, so you need to make sure the quality of the nutrients that you're getting are good. You also have to really watch, you know, for things, especially guys, things like soy protein and just crappier sources of proteins and just, you know, all those sort of environmental factors that aren't as relevant when you're in your 20s, the phytoestrogens, the um, what they call xenoestrogens or whatever, all those different things that you know, yes, they matter when you're younger, but they don't matter as much as when you get older. You know, um, soy has those phytoestrogens in it, which can really mess up, you know, your testosterone cycles. And obviously, as we know, as you get older, testosterone levels drop too. Now, keeping your training high, especially the weight training and actually having a high amount of fats, saturated fats in your diet is actually going to help maintain, keep your testosterone levels up. So the one thing guys really should do at 40, like I said before, uh, you know, strength training is very, very important um, for keeping the muscle gains up. But honestly, uh, cardio training is really important for keeping your sexual performance up. Uh, it really does move the blood well. Uh, and trust, these big differences you notice when, you've, when you're focusing on really good, solid cardio. I don't have to go into a lot of detail, but you can figure it out. Um, and then, you know, flexibility, like I said, is important. But those, you know, those, those nutrients, you have to get those higher quality proteins that are easily absorbed, but they're really high quality, the chicken, the fish. Um, as far as supplements go, you don't have to go too crazy. I'm not a big supplement person. You know, if you want to get into some creatine for muscle gain, that's, you know, for muscle, uh, that's okay. Branch chain amino acids, those are okay. Uh, I use a whey protein. I'll, I'll always use a whey protein just out of convenience. I think it's great. Take it with me when I travel. Fish oils, fish oils for sure. Um, I use ZMA, magnesium. I think magnesium when you're sleeping. Um, and that's another thing too, right? As you get older, we do tend to have not so great sleeps. It actually shouldn't happen, but it does. So having the magnesium has really helped me as well. Um, and then, um, yeah, like I said, a fish oil, multivitamin, that's, that's really about it. I don't really use much more than that. I don't think you have to get too crazy into other stuff. Um, at this age, you know, you, we're not concerned about Jack 3D and all these other, like, super shreds. I mean, that's, that's just boring, all that chemicals and nonsense. And anyways, you just want to avoid that. Just avoid all that chemicals and all those colors, you know. At this age, you just, you're just not going to be able to make things dissipate in your body as well as you could when you were younger. So, um Overall, guys, I think we're at the 30-minute mark right now. That, that's really about all I have. Um, you know, you're free, of course, to always send me messages and you can ask me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we cover it in a nutshell. You have to eat better, eat a little bit less, focus on high-nutrient foods, um, you know, things like that. Of course, comes the cooking, the way you cook it comes into an effect, you know. Um, lightly steaming, sautéing, things like that, you know. So hopefully you do at 40 or 41 or 45 or 36, whatever you are listening to this, hopefully, you know, you, you've learned how to cook for yourself, I would hope. Um, and the other thing that, you know, if you, some of the stuff I'm talking about, if you are 40 in your 40s or late 30s, the fact is, guys, you should be able to hire a trainer. Let, let's just call it what it is. You should be able to go and hire a personal trainer if you don't understand exercise. You should be able to go and hire a nutritionist if you don't understand nutrition. 
So get out there. If you need to hire a fitness professional to help you with your fitness, okay? You are too old to be going, oh, it's too expensive. Well, other things are expensive. Surgeries are expensive. Having a heart attack, like I've said, people that are under 40, that can be expensive. So hire a personal trainer, personal coach. You know, you don't have to hire them for forever. You, really, you should almost look for somebody that does what I do. I am a nutrition and fitness consultant. So what I do is I meet with people. I will sit with them and I just we talk together about what they want out of their fitness and out of their nutrition and what resources they have. Do they have a home gym? Do they go to a gym? Do they not want to go to a gym? Do they need somebody there to guide them and motivate them a lot? And if they do, we find out why do they need that motivation? How come they can't motivate themselves? But what I do is I meet with people. I show them the exercises they need to know for the point they're in. And then I develop a program for them that they can take and they can go. I don't want to see you a lot. You know, I want you to come. I want you to learn what you have to do and then go off on your own. Then if you need to come back later because, you know, it's time to refresh or whatever, then we can do that. So look for that kind of trainer. Look for one that's going to educate you and teach you. Look for one that's a consultant, you know, one that's a strategist uh, as opposed to just one that, you know, it's just you just go and see him every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You just keep paying him forever and you don't really learn anything. And then when you leave, you're like, well, crap. It's like leasing a car. It's like, wow, I just paid all that money and now I've given the car back and... I'm out $6,000 and I don't have a car. It's the same thing with personal training. If you just keep giving some guy money, just keep telling you what to do, then that's not going to work well for you in the long run. So go hire yourself a fitness educator, a nutrition educator. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Feel free to message me. Um, You know, there's just not a lot of rocket science. It's just we can't beat up our bodies. We have to eat better. We can't train as hard as we did when we were in our 20s. We have to focus on maintaining our strength and testosterone levels up. We have to focus on our mindset. Why do we want to exercise? What is the exercise good for us? besides just our bodies, but how can it help us with the other things such as our careers and our families? Um, And yeah, that's about it, guys. So I hope you enjoyed this. I will uh, talk to you soon. Please make sure you go to www.roaralexander.com. You can also find this uh, podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please make sure to share it. There's also the Thrive Life podcast by Roar Alexander Facebook page. Please make sure you go to that as well. And we are luckily one week closer to a new microphone kit and a whole new stereo system. If I told you about that before, uh, late spring is when this new microphone kit's coming out that I really want to get um, that's going to replace this one that has a little bit of an echoey sound. So one week closer. Let's look forward to that. Please share and join me. Comment. Ask me any questions. You can find me at www.roaralexander.com. Thrive Life Podcast. I'll be back to you next week with another great episode and I will talk to you guys soon.